Hey, if you need new sunglasses, if you would like to get new sunglasses, know that Shady Rays, for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, is offering a fantastic deal. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses at ShadyRays.com. Go to ShadyRays.com and use this promo code Al Galdi. Shady Rays sunglasses, they are the best. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, meaning that if you lose or break your pair of sunglasses, even on day one, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair of sunglasses. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because Shady Rays has your back long after your purchase. Go to ShadyRays.com and use that code ALGALDI for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Yeah, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. If you don't love them, you can exchange them for sunglasses that you do love, or you can return your sunglasses for a full refund within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Shady Rays always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use that code Al Galdi for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And away we go. Episode 568 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, May 9th. 2023, and sadly, we do not have a Bedardi party for the Capitals. Uh, we on Monday night had the 2023 NHL Draft Lottery. Uh, the Caps had the eighth highest odds, a 6% chance to win the first overall pick in the 2023 NHL Draft, in which the widespread, and I mean widespread, expectation is that this guy, Connor Bedard, will be the number one overall pick. He is a 17-year-old Canadian center. He has been called the future of hockey. Uh, The phrase in the NHL during this past regular season was, lose hard for Bedard. (laughs) Well, the Caps ended up with the number eight overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. So no Connor Bedard for the Caps. Uh, The Chicago Blackhawks won the draft lottery. The Caps, though, in having uh, the number eight overall pick, will have a top 10 pick in an NHL draft for the first time since 2007, uh, when they took defenseman Carl Alsner with the number five overall pick. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone for the nice words regarding my conversation with former Redskins general manager Scott McLuhan on Monday's show, episode 567. Uh, Scott was outstanding talking commanders, including quarterback Sam Howell and the team's 2023 draft. Uh, coming up on this installment of the podcast, another terrific guest, Illinois defensive coordinator Aaron Henry. He's going to tell us all about the guy who the Commanders took in the second round of the 2023 NFL Draft, Illinois defensive back Quan Martin. Uh, Henry was promoted to Illinois defensive coordinator this past December off having spent the 2021 season and then most of the 2022 season 
as Illinois' defensive backs coach. So he has a lot of insight on Quan Martin. And Aaron Henry is going to give us high-level analysis of what the commanders are getting in Quan, who may well end up being the commander's number one nickel corner for this coming season. But uh, Quan Martin is a multi-purpose defensive back who can be deployed in a variety of ways. You're going to hear all about that and more from Aaron Henry coming up. Uh, But before that, the Andrew Luck tampering (laughs) situation, Luckgate. Uh, Did the commanders engage in tampering in inquiring about the availability of retired Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck last offseason. This has become a thing over the last few days, primarily because of a tweet from Colts owner and CEO Jim Irsay, who also clearly likes to needle the commanders, more specifically likes to needle the team's outgoing co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder. But this entire Andrew Luck tampering situation is both ridiculous, but also something that you can't ignore. So uh, I will sort through everything next segment. Uh, Also on the show, another win for the Nationals. A 5-1 win at the San Francisco Giants late night on Monday night in game one of a three-game series. Uh, The Nats had a five-run first inning and got six into third scoreless innings from starting pitcher Jake Irvin, who was making just his second major league regular season start. The Nats now are 11-9 since their 4-11 start. Not bad for a rebuilding team. Uh, I'll also talk Orioles. Uh, their offense are quite bad on Monday evening. A 3-0 loss to the Major League leading Tampa Bay Rays in Game 1 of a big three-game series at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, which had an official attendance of just 12,669. I will be discussing that. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Mike off our conversation on Monday's show, episode 567, about what Commander's Insider John Kime of ESPN revealed in a piece that came out this past Saturday morning. The Commanders had a consensus second round grade on quarterback Sam Howell in the 2022 NFL draft in which they, of course, took him in the fifth round. And one of the things that I brought up was, hey, uh, if the commanders had a consensus second round grade on Sam, why didn't they take him until the fifth round, given how important the position of quarterback is? Uh, Writes Mike, they traded for Carson Wentz with eyes wide open. Drafting a quarterback in the second round would have been like lighting two third round picks on fire with Wentz. That's his rep. Uh, Thank you. For the tweet, Mike, I hear you on that. Uh, I just (laughs) don't like that. (laughs) Uh, I hate that. I hate the idea of not drafting a quarterback who you like because you don't want to potentially upset a quarterback who you already have. I can't stand that. Uh, The position of quarterback is too important, and Washington has struggled at quarterback for too long for the team to pass on a quarterback who the team really likes, only because it doesn't want to hurt the feelings of a newly acquired quarterback who was a gamble to begin with. Uh, Remember the intel from John Kime. The intel was that the commanders had a consensus second round grade on Sam Howell, but with some of the team scouts actually having a late first round grade on Sam. If the team thought that highly of Sam, and I have no reason to think that the team didn't think that way of Sam, like I don't doubt what John reported, then why the heck didn't the team take Sam until the fifth round? Uh, Now, I'm happy that the team got him in the fifth round. I love the pick when it happened. Uh, I actually love it more even now. 
But it concerns me that Rod Rivera may not have taken Sam Howell until the fifth round, may have risked not getting Sam at all, despite the team having a consensus second round grade on the guy, because Ron didn't want to hurt Carson Wentz's feelings. Like, that to me is bad process, man, okay? <laughs> like, that to me is not how you attack trying to get a franchise quarterback. Uh, the good news is that the commanders do have Sam Howell, and uh, now we just have to find out if he's actually good. Uh, tweet from Edge on incoming commanders owner Josh Harris, who already is the lead owner, already is the managing partner of two other major pro sports teams in this country, the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils, writes Edge, do you think that Josh Harris can run three different franchises? Galdi, we need all hands on deck with this franchise. We don't need a part-time owner like Ted <laughs> with the Wizards, LOL. Uh, thank you for the tweet, Edge. Well, the key will be if Josh Harris hires good people. The way that Harris has run the 76ers and Devils is by hiring people and getting out of their way. He isn't very involved in the day-to-day operations of the Sixers and Devils, and I don't expect him to ultimately be very involved in the day-to-day operations of the commanders. Now, he initially may be involved just because he needs to first get things going, you know, evaluate people, perhaps fire those people uh, and hire new people. But from everything that I've been told and heard and read, uh, Josh Harris is not a meddler. Uh, He hires people and he gets out of their way. And so what happens with team president Jason Wright and business operations once the sale of the commanders is finalized is going to be fascinating. Uh, Does Jason get fired? Does Jason get reassigned? Uh, Does Jason stay in his current role with a chance to prove himself to Josh Harris? Uh, And then with football operations, it certainly seems highly unlikely that Harris this offseason would fire Ron Rivera and hire a new head coach given how deep into the NFL offseason we are. But Ron clearly is going to be on a piping hot seat once the 2023 season begins. And I will say this, front office changes for commander's football operations once the sale of the team is finalized are not out of the question. Like firing Ron Rivera as head coach this deep into the NFL offseason seems highly unlikely. But say stripping Ron of player personnel control or reorganizing the commander's front office in terms of football operations, those things are more possible. Maybe not likely, but I would classify them as more possible than firing Ron as head coach this offseason. We do see NFL front office changes after NFL drafts. We last week had the news that Tennessee Titans vice president of player personnel, Ryan Cowden, was no longer with the team. Uh, And by the way, that name, Ryan Cowden, uh, may sound familiar. Washington, in January 2021, interviewed Ryan Cowden in the uh, general manager search that ultimately led to the team hiring Martin Mayhew as general manager and uh, Marty Herney as executive vice president of football slash player personnel. Ryan Cowden is a man with ties to Ron Rivera uh, from his time as Carolina Panthers head coach. Cowden spent 16 years with the Panthers, 2000 to 2015. Uh, But yeah, the key to how Josh Harris does as commander's owner will be who he has running football and business operations. We just might not get the true decisions in those regards for a while. Like, it may not be until next offseason that we have a clearer picture of who's running the team's football and business operations under Harris. Uh, The rest of this offseason and this coming season 
uh, may prove to be an evaluation period. Well, if you are evaluating your current home or auto insurance, I can't blame you. Uh, The home and auto insurance markets are messes right now. Uh, We are routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even when the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance. Uh, You right now have every reason to shop your home and auto insurance. That's why you should go with BMC Insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, BMC Insurance, it offers home, auto, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. Uh, BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. Uh, What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. Uh, BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor for your insurance needs. BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. Uh, It has team members who actually shop clients insurance every year when they renew. And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. When people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. And BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. So I tell you, this Andrew Luck tampering story is something. Uh, Indianapolis Colts owner and CEO Jimmer say he on Sunday night tweeted the following, quote, if any NFL team attempted to contact Andrew Luck or any associate of him to play for their franchise, it would be a clear violation of the league's tampering policy. And quote, now <laughs> the tweet was written like a ransom note, Okay. Uh, All kinds of random capitalizing of words, all kinds of punctuation errors. But that aside, uh, the tweet certainly seemed to be a reference to our team, seemed to be a reference to something that actually came out well over a year ago, uh, but was brought up again this past Saturday morning. Commander's Insider John Keim of ESPN, in a piece that came out this past Saturday morning, referenced something that he reported over a year ago. The piece that came out This past Saturday morning was about Commander's quarterback, Sam Howell. This was the piece that I just referenced in the opening segment of the show. John, in this piece, wrote the following about the Commander's at quarterback. Quote, they didn't feel the same urgency they did last offseason when they called every team that might have a quarterback available. They even phoned about retired Andrew Luck, just in case. End quote. 
So that piece from this past Saturday morning is what seems to have prompted this tweet from Jim Irsay on Sunday night, apparently threatening a tampering violation against the commanders, even though John Keim more than a year ago (laughs) first reported that the commanders had inquired about retired Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck. I take you back to March 19th, 2022. A piece from John Keim, headline, quote, how Joe Gibbs film study and analytics led the Washington commanders to Carson Wentz. And quote, we talked about this piece at the time, but wrote John in the piece, quote, at one point, they even wondered, would Andrew Luck, the retired former Colt, want to play again? That went nowhere. But whether it was realistic or a Lloyd Christmas, so you're telling me there's a chance scenario, they wanted to make sure every I was dotted. And quote, so again, that was from March 19th, 2022. I don't know if Jim Irsay was not aware of that piece or was not aware of what was in that piece or what, but uh, he's about 14 months late to the party, uh, the commanders having inquired about Andrew Luck. Now, there, of course, is important context here. Uh, Jim Irsay, in a session with reporters this past October 18th at the NFL Fall League meeting in Manhattan, New York, became the first NFL owner to publicly question whether Commander's co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder should remain as owner of the Commanders. In case you forgot, here you go. You know, it's a difficult situation. Um, You know, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins. Yeah, Jim Irsay, quote, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins, end quote. And yes, he did say Redskins. Uh, Irsay also said, quote, serious consideration has to be given to the removal, and we have complete authority to do that, end quote. Now, the commanders then struck back. Uh, A few hours later, a commander's spokesperson put out a statement in response to what Jim Irsay said. The statement included the following, quote, It is highly inappropriate, but not surprising that Mr. Irsay opted to make statements publicly based on falsehoods in the media, end quote. Uh, Also, Jim Irsay this past March 14th (laughs) tweeted out a clip from a famous episode of the television show South Park uh, that mocks Dan Snyder. Uh, And we on March 27th at the Jim Irsay session with reporters at the NFL's annual league meeting, which took place in Phoenix, Arizona, had a longtime lawyer slash advisor for Dan Snyder recording Irsay via cell phone. So there is significant recent history between Jim and Dan. Jim and Dan do not appear to like each other. And this threatening tweet from Jim on Sunday night now adds to all of this. Uh, Andrew Luck, when he abruptly retired from the NFL in August 2019, still had three seasons left on his contract with the Colts. He still is property of the Colts. And so an NFL team wanting Andrew Luck would have to acquire his rights from the Colts. Uh, The NFL's tampering policy is tricky. It includes this, quote, any public or private statement of interest, qualified or unqualified, in another club's player to that player's agent or representative or to a member of the news media is a violation, end quote. What would seem to be at issue is, was the commanders inquiring about Andrew Luck done via contacting the Colts? or done via contacting Luck or his representation? If the answer is the former, then there's nothing wrong with what the commanders did. 
If the answer is the latter, uh, then the commanders are guilty of tampering. Uh, now, Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post, uh, she on Monday evening tweeted, quote, a source within Andrew Luck's camp said the commanders did not contact Luck, his father, or his uncle, who was his agent when he played, end quote. The commander's all-out search for a franchise quarterback in the 2022 offseason, of course, ironically enough, yielded a trade for another Colts quarterback, Carson Wentz. But the people who led that search were commander's head coach Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew. Now, yes, there is the suspicion that Dan Snyder, a.k.a. Danny Boy, uh, drove the trade for Carson Wentz. What I think may have been the case is this. So the commander's trade for Carson was agreed to on the day after the Seattle Seahawks agreed to trade quarterback Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. A theory is that Dan Snyder, upset over the commanders not getting Russell Wilson, who the commanders clearly wanted, uh, then ordered the team to do something in response. That is a very Danny thing to do. Oh, we didn't get that guy. Okay, you got to do something. Get me some other guy, right? And so that explains the team the very next day agreeing on the trade for Carson Wentz. But in terms of the putting together of the pursuit for a franchise quarterback last offseason, uh, that putting together was led by Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. Whatever you think about those guys, whatever you think about Ron and Martin, <laughs> they're not dummies, okay? I would be stunned if they, in inquiring about Andrew Luck, contacted Luck or his representation as opposed to contacting the Colts. Contacting Luck or his representation would be such a dumb, moronic move, would be an obvious instance of tampering. I have a hard time believing that Ron or Martin would do that. Uh, now, Colts insider Stephen Holder of ESPN, he on Sunday night reported that, quote, a Colts source said the team is unclear about the nature of the conversations, but is seeking to learn more about what exactly transpired and whether any tampering occurred, end quote. Uh, look, nothing should surprise us with Washington, so you can't entirely dismiss <laughs> the possibility that the commanders did, in fact, commit tampering in inquiring about Andrew Luck. But geez, that would be such a low IQ thing for the team to have done. Uh, well, you can bet that the Andrew Luck tampering story is on the minds of those at WSH on the Daily on Instagram. Yeah, at WSH on the Daily on IG. Uh, on the Daily just started in 2021 and yet has over 21,000 followers. And On the Daily is literally daily. Uh, the page is updated every day. News, notes, reports, photos, graphics. Uh, this is a page that properly sources and vets its news and information, doesn't just, you know, post anything that anyone says. Uh, on the Daily on Instagram is a great place at which you can converse with other Commanders fans regarding the team, uh, the draft, free agency, trades. Uh, on the Daily responds to every single DM. On the Daily is a page at which you can have fun, lots of creativity with jersey swaps and unique graphics and the contest name that Redskin and free wallpaper Wednesday, which is when On The Daily gives out free wallpaper that you can use on your phone. Uh, and On The Daily always has a great fresh look. If you're on Instagram, check out at WSH On The Daily for smart, informative, fun, and engaging commander's content. Check out at WSH On The Daily on Instagram.
Well, a big help is if you subscribe to rate and review this podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast via most platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, a subscription to the pod costs you nothing and make sure that you never miss an episode. Uh, you on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Uh, five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. Uh, the review can be just a sentence or two. can be more, but doesn't have to be. Uh, but thank you very much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Well, we on this podcast have spent a good bit of time talking about the defensive back who the commanders took in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft, Mississippi State corner Emmanuel Forbes. But what I'd like to do right now is hone in on the defensive back who the commanders took in the second round of the 2023 draft, Illinois defensive back Quan Martin. Uh, the commanders took him with the number 47 overall pick, and he, like Emmanuel Forbes has the potential to be an immediate starter slash impact player for the team. Uh, I am very pleased to welcome to the Al Galdi podcast right now, Illinois defensive coordinator Aaron Henry. Uh, He was promoted to Illinois defensive coordinator this past December off having spent the 2021 season and then most of the 2022 season as the team's defensive backs coach. So he knows Quad Martin well. Uh, Aaron Henry was named the 2022 football scoop defensive backs coach of the year. Uh, Also, Aaron Henry was a defensive back for Wisconsin from 2007 through 2011. Uh, Wisconsin starting quarterback for the 2011 season was Russell Wilson. Uh, You can follow Coach Henry on Twitter at AaronHenry7. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm doing incredible, brother. That was a hell of an intro, bro. That was (laughs) unbelievable. I appreciate that. Well, what a draft the 2023 NFL draft was for the uh, Illinois secondary. An Illinois defensive back was taken in each of the first three rounds. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks took Illinois corner Devin Witherspoon with the number five overall pick. The Commanders took Quad Martin with the number 47 overall pick. And the Philadelphia Eagles took Illinois safety Sidney Brown with the number 66 overall pick. And uh, among the undrafted free agents with whom the Commanders have agreed on deals is Illinois safety Kendall Smith, what has all of this been like for you? It's been incredible, man. You know what? But I would be remiss to tell you that I coached all those guys. Um, I think with our defensive system and our scheme, so I had the corners and Ryan Walters, our former defensive coordinator, had the um, had the safeties. And so um, Brian had the pleasure to co- coach Quan and Sydney and, and 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 Kendall. You know, Kendall was a corner that we moved to safety. Me and him, we we literally fought over Quan whether Quan was going to be a corner because Quan had the ability to do everything. Man, he could do everything. He was so special, you know. But it's been it's been really cool because you know we, we're like we pride ourselves on being a developmental program, you know. And in our two years here, right, we watch these young men go from go from good players to elite players, you know, and I think you combine our, our, our defensive play calling and our former coordinator with their athletic ability, with our knowledge to teach the game. Um, I think it created something that was really, really, really special and something that we all can um, kind of memorialize now in our, in our, in our secondary, you know, um, um, Kendall could have easily been drafted. You know, we really felt like Kendall had all that, all the ability in a bag of chips, you know what I mean? Like, the reason why we loved Quan was because of his his superb athletic ability and his versatility. Like, like we, me and Coach Walt literally had an argument one day on, bro, like, where do we put Quan? Because he felt like teams were going to attack us in the slot, and I felt like teams were going to attack us at corner, and that kid, the kid had, I mean, he could, he could play it all. 
you know, and so it was one, it was, it was, it happened several times, but Purdue game, to be more specific, he started off at nickel. We had two corners go down. He slides the corner effortlessly. And in our, in our 12 personnel package, he goes to free safety, you know, and so you talk, you talk about a young man who seamlessly didn't miss a beat. Right. The way our system is set up, we call them DBs as opposed to nickel corner safety. It allows every young man to use his tools and his skill set to play within the framework of our defense. Outstanding to hear that. Uh, I know that I speak for a lot of Commanders fans in saying that we're very excited about Quad Martin. Uh, as you just explained, he, for Illinois, played all over the place. Uh, is there a particular spot at which he's best? <laughs> that is the million dollar question, right? For for um, if if I was given the 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 the, the commanders that answer, they would have to pay me for it, right? Um, um, for, <laughs> for, for 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 us, it was nickel. Okay, for us, it was nickel. Um, I mean, maybe at the NFL level, level maybe it's nickel, maybe it's free. Um, they, they, they got a lot of higher ups there to figure that thing out, but for us in our system, it was nickel because we felt like we were going to get a lot of targets there because that's where that's where a lot of teams, you know, we, us being a heavy man team, we knew a lot of teams were going to attack attack us in that regard, and so um, we want we felt like he was he was just as good or better than all the slot receivers that he was going to line up against, and so for us, it was it was a seamless matchup. Uh, Commanders head coach Rod Rivera in a post-draft press conference now two Saturday evenings ago said that the idea is for Quad Martin to be the team's primary slot corner. Uh, I take it that you see Quan as being up to the task of being an NFL team's number one nickel. Ron Rivera has really good eyes. Yes, sir. I, I really do believe that just, just because he's displayed it. You know what I mean? Like when you have a young man, I mean, I think we played, we had like 857 total snaps on defense last year and like 750 plus were man coverage. You know what I mean? So asking a young man and at the NFL level to go out and play man, like that's what, I mean, he does, he does that with his eyes closed. You know what I mean? Obviously, it'll, it'll be against some different talent and ability, but he, he, he has that ability to line up in the slot and cover those guys, you know, because he's, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely displayed it. But he's, he was such a treat to, to have in this building, man. I mean, he's, everything he is on the field, he's probably 10 times that as a young man. You know, like he's Quan is one of those guys that you want to marry your daughter. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's he's such a stand up young man. You know, like you talk about the standard of your program, like that, like that is what you want. And all those young men had 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 those innate ability to walk in the building and, and literally, um, kind of, kind of display their personality, and you fall in love with them. You know, what do you think will be the biggest adjustment or challenge for Quad Martin in the NFL? I would, you know what, being that they, they come from such a regimented schedule here at this level, you know, I would probably say like the off time and, and like the lifestyle, you know, like, um, and what I mean by lifestyle is he, I, the young man was a stand up guy, but just like having a lot of free time, you know, to like, because here they're used to going to class, they're used to, you know what I'm saying, being involved in something in some capacity. And, and now he's going to go from playing exclusively, right, and practice to, 
nothing, right? To nothing off the field per se. Um, but I think that's what's also gonna gonna elevate him because he's a film junkie. You know what I mean? Like he loves watching ball. He loves sitting in the meeting room. He loves understanding how teams are trying to attack him. And so I'll probably say the biggest difference is just acclimating him himself to um just the NFL life. I think that's what most of these young men right. They're gonna go from right. We we have their schedule. From 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 six thirty in the morning to about seven at night, like they know when they can go to the restroom. You know, I think at the NFL level, to a degree, they understand when they got to be in the building. But just all that free time, man, uh, all that all, all, all that free time is probably going to be the biggest adjustment. You earlier mentioned Quad Martin against Purdue, uh, playing all over the place. Is there another game or a moment in practice or an exchange behind the scenes that stands out to you? Regarding Quan, like something that sticks with you that speaks to him as a player and or person. Yeah, on the field, Nebraska, Nebraska. You know, go, going into the Nebraska game, there was a lot of hype and talk around um, um, the Nebraska's receiver Trey. Can't think of his name. Think of a young man's name. Um, he had transferred from um, from LSU, but he was like a ten three, ten four hundred meter guy coming out of high school, and um. There was a lot of hype going into him, to him going into that game because he had had two back-to-back 200-yard receiving games. And so we were going to line Spoon up on him the whole game, and Spoon covered him like most of the game. But Quan was able to line up on him in the slot. And the first time he lined up on him, it was an interception. You know, and he did like a little toe tap to keep his feet in bounds to catch the ball. And it was absolutely unbelievable. And then later in that game, we had, that was him at nickel. And then later in that game, we put him at free safety. He's running the alley. The running back cuts back and he proceeds to lift the running back off his feet and force a fumble, you know. And so it was it was it was plays like that, man. It was another play versus Minnesota. You know, he's in a slot working his scooch technique, gets in phase, gets his head around and he, he literally becomes the wide receiver. It was plays like that that happened. I mean, they happen in practice all the time. Right. And you're like enamored because, you know, this young man has some like freakish ability. But for the world to see him on, on national stages like that for us, it was just like. Oh my goodness! This kid is like super special. You know what I mean? Like he, he just, he just, he just had, he had it. You know, like, like, like when you recruit a guy out of high school, you, you're hoping that he has it by the time he, he's a junior or a senior, or, or maybe you don't know. It's kind of like a crapshoot, you know. But this young man displayed that, and and, and you know, we knew he was gonna. We weren't sure that he wasn't gonna be taken in the first round. Just to be honest with you. We're discussing the commander's second-round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, Illinois defensive back Quan Martin with Illinois defensive coordinator Aaron Henry. Uh, Quan very much stands out as a modern defensive back. More and more, we're seeing defensive backs like Quan, DBs who aren't just safeties or corners. Uh, These guys are both, and they play everywhere, outside corner, nickel corner, deep safety, in the box. Why is the defensive back position trending this way, in your opinion? Because the offenses are changing, you know. Um, you know, when I played at Wisconsin, you know, we were, I mean, spread was kind of getting started, per se. You know, we were primarily a power run team, you know, and it was it was 12 personnel, maybe a 21 personnel, a little bit of 11, you know. And so I think with these offenses and these wide receivers getting bigger and more athletic, you know, some of them playing tight end, these quarterbacks being so athletic, you know, I think you're seeing like the evolution of the of the DB because like personally we're trying to take wide receivers and turn them into DBs just because 
ball skills, their their innate ability to track the football. But I think you're kind of seeing the evolution of the DB just simply based on these offenses are ridiculous now. And the only way you keep up with that is if you have a transformative like DB position uh, with a guy who can play multiple spots, you know, so you don't get in a jam. You know what I mean? And so um, we've just been afforded luxury here to, 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 to have some really special players here. And um, I, I, I think we're going to continue. I think we're going to be able to continue to do that because I feel like we got some young talent right now who is just as athletic and just as talented as the guys that left. They're, they're just inexperienced. And so it should be a fun road ahead. Yeah. Uh, Quad Martin was a player at Illinois for five seasons, 2018 through 2022, and he was a significant contributor in all five seasons. Uh, your first season with Illinois was the 2021 season. What do you remember thinking about Quan when you first became Illinois defensive backs coach? Well, for, for me, so Quan, Quan is from my area in Florida, right? Like I'm from Immokalee, Quan is from Fort Myers. My mom lives in Fort Myers. I have been knowing about Quan. Um, and Quan has always had like freakish, freakish athletic ability. You know what I mean? And so it was just a matter of his ability along with understanding the game and how to play the game and, and it kind of being cultivated together that it was only a matter of time before this young man was special. You know, like you, you see flashes of it when they're, when they're younger players or when they're in high school or when they're playing basketball. When you, when you saw flashes of it, him on a basketball court in high school, and it was just a matter of time, you know, like for, for, for some young players, it just takes a little time, you know, um, um, Quan, it took five years, right? Devin Willis took four, right? So like everybody's a tad bit different. It's just like, if you can maximize their clock when they're in college, I think you can put these young players in a, in a really great position. But, I mean, you you, you, you kind of knew it because there were flashes of it, you know, just throughout the course of his career. I'm talking about flashes of, like, him being a high draft pick player. You know, obviously he was a really special player for us here, but from the start of his career to the end of it, you slowly, slowly see it kind of um, take place. Uh, speaking of Quan Martin's amazing athletic ability, Quan on March 3rd at the NFL Scouting Combine, a vertical jump of 44 inches that ended up being tied for the fifth best vertical jump at the 2023 Combine. I am assuming that you were not surprised by Quan's vertical jump at the Combine. No, no, not at all. Dude, you should see his high school basketball clips, bro. <laughs> bro, his, bro, his high school basketball clips are something out of a freaking movie. He he caught a um he caught a ball off the rim. There's a kid shooting a free throw, I think. And Quan caught a ball off the rim, dude, and it looked like he had wings. Wow. Like he was up so high, he was up so high, it was like absolutely ridiculous. But like for him to jump that high. It was it wasn't a shock to nobody in this building, and I'm sure it wasn't a shock to nobody back home from where uh, where he's from, because he's like that kid could absolutely he could absolutely he can fly he can fly, he can fly and I think he jumped higher than that here in terms of like training when when he was like um before he obviously declared and in, in, in preparation here like we knew he was going to jump something crazy just because he had he had displayed that here. Uh, last one for you, and this is kind of a random question, but you were at NC State from 2017 through 2019. 
Uh, you were the Wolfpack's safeties coach for the 2017 season and then the Pack's corners coach for the 2018 and 2019 seasons. Washington took NC State edge defender James Smith-Williams in the seventh round of the 2020 NFL draft. And he has emerged as a key rotational piece for the team. I don't know how much you interacted with Williams or know him, but do you have any thoughts on him? Listen, listen. James Smith-Williams came in as a freaking nickel, dude. He came in as a nickel, right? And his body, like, morphed into what it is now. So, like, what a lot of people forget is that James Smith-Williams was behind Bradley Chubb, Catavia Street, Justin Jones, B.J. Hill. All wow. of them dudes were in the NFL. All of them dudes were drafted in the NFL. So the fact that he was even a seventh-rounder, Right, people felt probably felt like he should have been a seven rounder, but right, if he was on a he was on a he was a backup to to dudes that went in the first three four rounds, you know what I mean? But like we knew that kid was that young man was going to be special. I mean his 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 off the field philanthropy combined with his 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 football ability, I mean the sky was absolutely he was everything you wanted in terms of programmatically in terms of like building a program like everything hard worker great student. Um, always on time, never any issues, a leader, like that young man, that young man will play however long he wants to in the NFL. Like, like that, that's a quality, incredible pillar for the Washington Commanders. Very nice. Uh, Illinois defensive coordinator Aaron Henry talking Quad Martin and also James Smith-Williams. Uh, Coach Henry, thanks a lot for your time and all the best. Oh, thank you, brother. Have a good one, man. All right, good stuff from Aaron Henry on the ultra-versatile Quad Martin. So many ways in which he can be used. Uh, Just like there are so many reasons to get yourself some Shady Rays sunglasses, Uh, including this reason. Shady Rays, for listeners of this podcast, is offering an outstanding deal, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses at ShadyRays.com. Go to ShadyRays.com and use this promo code ALGALDI. Shady Rays sunglasses, they look good, they feel good. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that is affordable and durable with clear optics for whatever you're doing outside. And Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, meaning that if you lose or break your pair of sunglasses, even on day one, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair of sunglasses, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because Shady Rays has your back long after your purchase. And Shady Rays is offering this great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code ALGALDI for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Yes, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Uh, if you don't love them, you can exchange them for sunglasses that you do love, or you can return your sunglasses for a full refund within 30 days. You see, there is no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Shady Rays always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code ALGALDI for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. If you have been thinking about getting new sunglasses, now is the time and Shady Rays is the way. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. That's ShadyRays.com and use that promo code ALGALDI 
for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Uh, Also, Shady Rays has done some great work, has donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. Shady Rays, look good and feel good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Nationals are a rebuilding team. Of that, there is no doubt. But they right now are not playing like a rebuilding team. The Nats right now are playing like a team that's a postseason contender. Uh, Late night on Monday night, a 5-1 win at the San Francisco Giants in Game 1 of a three-game series. The Nats improved to 15-20. They now have won five of their last seven games. They now are 11-9 since their 4-11 and 11 start, manager Davey Martinez and the boys doing quite well. I'm proud of the boys. Yes, Davey, the boys. Uh, and how about a particular boy starting pitcher Jake Irvin? Uh, the Nats last Wednesday recalled Irvin from AAA Rochester. He is in the Nats rotation due to the team on May 1st, having played starting pitcher Chad Cool on the 15-day injured list, retroactive to April 30th with a right foot injury. Uh, the Nats took Jake Irvin in the fourth round of the 2018 MLB draft out of the University of Oklahoma. He is the Nats' number 20 prospect per MLB pipeline. He is not some hotshot prospect. Uh, Irvin, in a 2-1 win over the Chicago Cubs at Nationals Park last Wednesday night, was the Nats' starting pitcher, made his Major League regular season debut, and he was solid. Uh, one run in four and a third innings, did have some control problems. He issued four walks, a hit-by-pitch, and a wild pitch. He threw just 45 strikes versus 36 balls over 81 pitches. But Jake Irvin, late night on Monday night in this 5-1 win at the Giants, in just his second Major League regular season start was terrific, and he became just the second Nats starting pitcher to pitch into the seventh inning of a game in this regular season. He tossed six and a third scoreless innings with five strikeouts. Uh, He gave up just four hits, a double, and three singles. He did issue three walks. He did get helped out by his defense. He induced three of the four double plays that the Nats turned in the game. Uh, He threw 92 pitches, 54 strikes, versus 38 balls. He overall was really impressive. Uh, This was Davey Martinez during his postgame session with reporters early Tuesday morning on Jake Irvin. He goes out there and he competes. Uh, You know, the the best thing is that he's, you know, he's around the zone. He's throwing strikes. Um, 
defense played really well behind him. You know, he turned some really good double plays. Uh, but hey, he's out there and he's got a lot of poise. You know, doesn't let not, nothing rattle him, and he just tries to, to attack the strike zone. Yeah, he was kind of jumping around, some strikeouts, kind of hopping off the mound. What do you think of his like, energy and the way he kind of carried himself? Through? I love it. I love it, man. He's engaged. You know, he's engaged. I mean, him and Caber. Caber did a great job. Like I said, you know, he's, Caber's learning a lot. You know, I thought. Uh, the moment he went out there to talk to him, to settle him down a little, that was awesome. You know, that was a big, big moment there. And uh, he got him to settle down a little bit and throw a really good pitch. I mean, you know, and, and got a big out. So um, they, did a, they did a great job today, those two together. We talked about his poise when he made his debut, but that was at home in front of a crowd that was cheering for him. What does it say when he can do this in an opposing ballpark? Yeah, no, he's like I said, he, uh, man, he, he, he's a student of the game. He wants to learn. He wants to get better. Um, he goes out there and he follows the game plan and uh, he attacks, he attacks the hitters, which is, which is awesome. It's pretty rare that you'd let a guy in his situation go, you know, seventh inning like that. But was he just so efficient that you figured give it a shot and see what happens? Yeah, you know, for first first time out, you know, he had 82 pitches, you know, and, and Hickey and I talked before the game. Um, he was good for about 90, 90 pitches or so, and I think he ended up with 92. Uh, but it was easy, you know. I mean, he, he. I mean, he was like I said, he wasn't laboring. We were watching; the mechanics were, were, were good, and uh, so I said, "Hey, you know, he's got to learn. You know, he's got to learn how to go deep in games." And um, I thought he did a great job. You know, we. I mean, he got two guys on. And I thought, you know, that was perfect. Well, I wanted to keep him around ninety, um, and he was awesome about it. Yeah, what a job by Jake Irvin. You know, the Nats already have two promising and encouraging young starting pitchers in the rotation in Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. There was supposed to be a third in Cade Cavalli, uh, but he's out for the season due to Tommy John surgery. But what if, what if Jake Irvin can be a promising and encouraging young starting pitcher for the Nats? Uh, That would be quite nice. Uh, Also for the Nats in this 5-1 win at the Giants late night on Monday night, a five-run first inning. Uh, Now, the Nats did not score the rest of the game, but they, in the first inning, erupted for five runs on seven hits, a double and six singles. Uh, The biggest blow, C.J. Abrams, a two-out, two-run single up the middle for a 5-0 Nats lead. Abrams on Monday night as the Nats starting shortstop and number eight batter. One for four. Uh, The Nats for the game had 11 hits and just one walk. The 11 hits were comprised of a double and 10 singles. This is who the Nats are offensively. They hit for very little power, but they do generate a good number of singles. Had 10 singles in this win on Monday night. Uh, Lane Thomas as the Nats starting right fielder and number one batter. Three for five with three leadoff singles. So Thomas in that Nats five-run first, a leadoff single to left center field. Uh, Joey Manessis as the Nats starting DH and number four batter, two for four with an RBI single and another single. Uh, Manessis in the five-run first, a one-out opposite field RBI single through the right side of the infield for a one-nothing Nats lead despite having been down in the count at 1.02. Luis Garcia, he had a fourth consecutive multi-hit game. He is an at starting second baseman and number two batter, two for five with two first pitch singles. Garcia in that Nats five run first, a first pitch opposite field single to left field. You know, that Nats five run first could have been an even bigger inning. Uh, K-Bert Ruiz as the Nats starting catcher and number three batter, one for five with a single. He in the five run first had a single to right field, but he then got tagged out uh, between first and second base as Ruiz thought that he could get a double Uh, But Lane Thomas stayed at third base, and uh, Luis Garcia had to stay at second base. And uh, we had a logjam that resulted in Cape Ruiz being tagged out between first and second base. 
Uh, also with the Nats on Monday night, a new look outfield. Uh, the Nats on Monday put center fielder Victor Robles on the 10-day injured list, retroactive to Sunday with back spasms. And so Alex Cole was the Nats starting center fielder and Stone Garrett was the Nats starting left fielder. Uh, Call as the Nats' number seven batter, one for three with an RBI double and a hit by pitch. He and the Nats' five run first had a two out opposite field, RBI double to right center field for a three nothing Nats lead. Uh, Garrett as the number nine batter, 0 for four with two strikeouts. Uh, the corresponding roster move to the Nats putting Victor Robles on the 10 day IL uh, was them recalling infielder Jake Alou from AAA Rochester. Uh, the Nats' bullpen on Monday night, two Nats relievers combined to allow one run in two and two-thirds innings. Coral Edwards Jr. tossed one and two-thirds scoreless innings. He came into the game in the bottom of the seventh with runners on first and second, one out, and that's holding a 5 nothing lead. He induced back-to-back flyouts to end the inning. Edwards did then toss a scoreless bottom of the eighth despite giving up a single, a wild pitch, and a hit-by-pitch, but uh, he induced a great 4-6-3 double play uh, by the Nats to end the inning. And Andres Machado, he in the bottom of the ninth did give up a run, uh, gave up a leadoff home run by Jock Peterson to left center field. Game two for the Nats at the Giants is on Tuesday night at 9.45. Patrick Corbin will be the Nats starting pitcher. Well, we are Monday evening at Oriole Park at Camden Yards at game one of a three-game series between the top two teams in the American League, the Orioles versus the major league-leading Tampa Bay Rays. A big early season series, the biggest early season series for the O's in years. Uh, the series did not get off to a good start for the O's. Uh, a 3 nothing loss, uh, but was the Orioles' third consecutive loss. Uh, they're now 22-13, and 13, still have the second best record in the American League, but the Rays now are a major league best 29 and 7. I mean, think about that. 29 and 7. The Rays have been incredible. Every team in baseball, every team in professional sports can learn from the Rays, who are so good so often, despite always having these microscopic player payrolls. What the Rays do in terms of analytics and forward thinking and maximizing talent and drafting and developing talent, uh, just tremendous. Uh, But anyway, a shutout loss for the O's, a shutout loss in front of an announced crowd of just 12,669. You know, the O's have struggled to draw fans for years now, That is continuing this season, despite the O's doing so well, despite the O's being an exciting young team that's coming out of a rebuild. Uh, There are 30 teams in Major League Baseball. The O's have finished 19th or worse in the majors in average home attendance for each of the last eight regular seasons, 2015 through 2022. Uh, The O's struggling to draw fans predates the team's rebuild. People will tell you that the O's have struggled to draw fans since the Freddie Gray riots of April 2015. We know that the city of Baltimore has a lot of problems, but it's a real shame that the O's are not drawing more fans. Uh, Camden Yards remains one of the best stadiums in the majors. There is a lot to like about the city of Baltimore. Uh, The O's are a young and exciting team, Uh, although they certainly didn't look like that on Monday evening. Uh, The O's for the game, no runs, just seven hits, two doubles, and five singles. The O's did work four walks, but the O's got worked 
by the Rays starting pitcher Shane McClanahan. Six scoreless innings, seven strikeouts, although he did issue the four walks. But McClanahan now for this regular season, eight starts, an ERA of 176. He has been outstanding. Uh, this was O's manager, Brandon Hyde, during his postgame press conference on Monday night on Shane McClanahan. He's really good. I mean, he's 97 to 100 with two excellent breaking balls and throwing a really good changeup to right-handed hitters, too. So, uh, you know, you, you know, we put a couple rallies together. We just didn't get a big hit, kind of like yesterday, honestly. Uh, but I thought, you know, when you're facing somebody like that on a night, um, you're thought we grinded. We just had a tough time against them. Um, just didn't get that couple big hits with runners in scoring position. Yeah, the O's on Monday evening, 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Uh, Austin Hayes did have two hits. He is the Orioles starting left fielder and number one batter, 2 for 4 with a double and a single. Anthony Santander as the Orioles starting right fielder and number four batter, one for three with a double and a walk. But uh, otherwise, not much happening for the O's offensively on Monday evening. Uh, also, they lost a key player due to injury. Uh, third baseman Ramon Arias left the game due to a left hamstring strain. Uh, the biggest bright spot for the O's on Monday evening was their starting pitcher. Uh, Kyle Gibson was good. Two runs in six innings. Uh, he gave up six hits, a homer, and five singles. He issued two walks. Uh, he had four strikeouts. He threw 93 pitches, 59 strikes versus 34 balls. Uh, Brandon Hyde during his postgame press conference on Monday night on Kyle Gibson. Yeah, he threw the ball great. Um, really good sinker. Uh, you know, pitched to have some trouble there early. Did a really, you know, awesome job getting into the seventh inning for us on a on a uh, night after a 12 inning game, and uh, just really competed well. Unfortunately, you know that run in the seventh is his, but they threw the ball outstanding. Yeah, you know, Kyle Gibson had struggled uh, to varying degrees in each of his last two starts and in three of his last four starts, uh, but he on Monday evening did a good job. Gibson now for this regular season, eight starts, uh, ERA of 440. Game two for the O's against the Rays is on Tuesday evening at 635. Grayson Rodriguez will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 569, will include a lot for you on the Commanders. Also, I'll talk Nationals and Orioles. And that's on Tuesday night at 945. Have game two of a three-game series at the San Francisco Giants. The O's on Tuesday evening at 635 have game two of a three-game series against the major league leading at Tampa Bay Rays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. You know, it's a difficult situation. Um, You know, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.